If, um, if you got your Bible, turn me in the book of John, chapter 17. It, it's Palm Sunday, and we sang that last song was Hosanna. And I really wanted to preach. I think a lot of times we have church words that we hear, and we don't respond well to them because we don't understand what we're saying. If you're a new Christian and you hear the word Hosanna, you're really kind of confused because that's not something you're probably going to say in the Taco Bell drive-thru line every day, now and then. It's a weird word. It's a word you don't use, but it's a separate word. And I really want to talk about it, and we're not going to because God gave me this kind of while I was down. It's one of those, he makes you lie down in green pastures. So, um, so I had to lay down, and, and he wanted to talk to me. I, I just want you to read John 17, 11 through, I, I think I gave you 19 maybe, but we'll go through the end. Go ahead. He says, this is Jesus talking. This is his last speech to his guys before the cross. And this is his team. He says, I am to be no longer in the world, though these things are in the world, for I am coming to you, Holy Father. This is his prayer. Through your name, keep those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name I kept those whom you had given me, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be filled. But now I am coming to you, and I say these things in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. How about you? You're not of this world? Sanctify them by your truth. There is an attack on truth today. Wouldn't you agree with me? Whatever you feel is right is supposed to be truth. That is a lie from hell itself. For what is truth? Not your opinion, not what you think, Your word is truth. Amen. Go to 18. Did I give you 18? As you sent me in this world, so I send them into this world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We pray that you have your way in this service. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for all that you've done. I thank you, God, for you've always supplied our needs at this church, and we thank you for it. Bless the families represented here, God. I thank you for keeping us safe from the storms. We just love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Put verse 14 back up, man. He says, I have given them your word. And I want you to, out of all this whole prayer, I've preached on a million things before. I want you to see something That Jesus, before he left, made sure he gave us that one phrase that what is he going to give his disciples to change the world upside down? He said, listen, I've preached these same verses on unity. I don't know if it's if you when you're reading it, he said, I kept them through your name. You can preach on the name of Jesus, the name above every name. Now, listen, y'all can look at me like you want to take a nap and I'll preach for two hours. Or y'all can get with me like your blood brought spirit filled church and we can have church this morning. I didn't come to waste your time. I came to equip you and get you ready to fight the fight that's coming on us. He says, I have given them your word. Now, if he gave it to us, it's our responsibility to do something with it. Come on. 
It doesn't matter that you learned it in vacation Bible school. You've got to know it today. You've got to read it today. It's got to be active in your life today. And look, because he gave us the word, the world hates us. So many Christians want to fit in with the world. Why would they want Jesus if you lived and acted just like they did? He's given us the word. And why do they hate us? Because it's a standard. It's not compromisable. It doesn't change with culture. I'm so sick of hearing these mamby-pamby preachers talk about, well, the culture has changed. Listen, the word hasn't changed. Should methods change? Absolutely, with the times methods change. Message never changes. The word is forever established. And it's sad to me how many Christians are oppressed Come on. They're, they're depressed. They've got anxiety. They've got all these things in their mind. And they're sitting there. Jesus gave us the greatest gift. He even says in Psalms, I have exalted my word above all my names. We get fired up about the name of Jesus. I do too. I can't wait. I cannot wait to watch these crooked politicians bow their knee and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I can't wait for it. Because if you know him, you know he's the king of all. If you've met him, you know this world has nothing but temporary disasters waiting. And when you find him, you find life and more life more abundantly. How do I know that? The word he gave me. Come on, church. Read verse 15. John 17, 15, I do not pray that we get separation and we stay away from people of the world. I pray you keep them right there in it. You have to be salt and you have to be right in the middle of it. I heard one time and I laughed about these colleges that put, let me just finish reading and we'll get to this. I can feel the Holy Spirit. Go to 16. They are not of this world as I'm not of this world. Now, my question is, is can we still say that? Now, this scripture, and then we'll put it down, Ben. Sanctify them by your truth. Thy word is truth. You can put it down. I just want to take you about 10 minutes right here, and let's talk about it. Why did he give us the word? To sanctify us. Now, when I was raised in church, when I heard a sanctified life, I instantly got a picture I'm not even going to go there, but it was an invalid picture. Now, some of the picture that I have, I wish girls dressed more like that than like they do today. By the way, you know in the Bible it tells women to dress modestly. It doesn't say that culture and because you're in the South and it's hot means that you can change the way you dress. I know that's a shock. I feel sorry for the young guys now. Guys are still guys. They got to be sanctified by the word too. And, and girls are, don't realize that guys' eyes are video cameras. It can be rounded at any time. We're just going to you're like, man, this church talks about real things. Yeah. You dress in a way, he's recording. It's on record. No, nah, my man doesn't do that. You're a liar. He does do that. He has to sanctify his eyes. They call it bouncing eyes. You see something, you bounce them. Don't let them focus on it. This is practical Christianity. You got to be sanctified. 
Let's just stop right here. I feel this. What if you do have trouble, guys, with lust? I'll tell you how to fix your lust problem. I, listen to me. I might offend you. It's not going to be down here at an altar on Sunday. I'm telling you, we've dumped bottles of oil on so many people and ran them through the line, and all they are is a greasy sinner when they go through it. How you break chains is the word that he gave us. Put John 8, 31 up there, I think I gave you. Let's, let's just stay here. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you remain in my word, then you are truly my disciples. Go to the next one. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Go back to 31, though. We all know the second part. If you remain in my word, then you know the truth. Well, what did we just read in the Bible? What is truth? Thy word is truth. How do you sanctify yourself? You remain in the word. How do you get those images of lust and things that ensnare? Y'all looking like y'all are innocent with halos. Let's talk real today. Every single time you get on the internet, they're throwing things at your mind to ensnare you. How do you beat it? You don't beat it through an anointed service. You beat it walking daily in the word of God, meditating on his word, reading his word. Listen, if you've got a problem, let's just now all the ladies are like, oh, he's getting them. Let's get you ladies with your bitterness and your backbiting and your talking and your gossip. How do you get rid of it? You know the truth, and the truth sets you free. You meditate on it. You find every scripture you can find on gossip and backbiting, and you meditate on it. I remember being a young man and hearing things that people said when I first got saved. Well, all guys are going to battle lust. And it bothered me. And I found me a scripture that every time as a young single guy, it would bother me. He says, love the younger as sisters with all purity. And every time that thought would pop in my head or I would see that cute girl, I would pray the word of God. It's powerful. Love her as a sister in all purity. I'm telling you, it works. The word of God works. If you've got a problem today that I haven't discussed because there's a million, if you've got things in your life that are secret bondages, Jesus came and said, I gave you my word. And if you will get in my word, there is a freeing effect of the word of God. Now he talks about, you can put that down, Ben. He talks about sanctification. And back to that image that I was at. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to dress. Because actually, if you read the chapter before, he said, I've sinned the Holy Spirit because I'm going away. He will lead you into all truths. What will he lead you into? This. I'm telling you, you've got so many. We have to get this back. This is the sword of the Spirit. It's not your sword. Which They say, I brought my sword with me. No, you didn't. You brought the sword of the Holy Spirit with you, which is the word of God. It's when you start to quote it, when you begin to pray it. He said, I will meditate on your precepts day and night. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. You want to know why so many believers are wandering around like this? They come to church, they sit on a pew, they don't know any more of the basics of God. They just roam around. There's no light being applied to their life and their feet. I love it. 
I was in a conversation the other day with a young guy that's not saved that I've been witnessing to. And he was talking about women. I said, well, yeah, man. Proverbs tells you that's what it's all about. He tells you how to conduct yourself. He tells you that he sat back and watched a young man get enticed by a woman and it destroyed him. He said, that's in the Bible. I said, oh, man, it's in the Bible. It'll teach you how to talk. It'll teach you with all diligence. He wrote to Timothy, keep this with all diligence. Be on top of it. It's not just enough to have the Google app. Sure, get the version app. Get it and read it every morning. But if you just read it, listen, I want to tell you something. It might mess your theology, and I'm cool with it. A sower went out to sow the seed. He threw some on stony, some on the wayside, some on thorny, and some on good. And they came to, the, the, to Jesus and said, we don't understand that parable. And he did what he does to a lot of us sometimes, like, ugh. How long have you been with me? And he said, it's easy. The seed is what? The word of God. Now, I saw something that I've never seen before. When he throws it on the first wayside, it says instantly comes Satan and steals it. Now, can a believer be demon-possessed? No way. The blood of Jesus. He can't cross the bloodline. Can a believer be in love with the world and be preoccupied with the world and let the enemy steal the seed? Sure he can. That's why David said, I have hidden thy word in my heart so I will not sin against you. Satan can't find it to steal it because I've hidden it. I've buried it in my heart. When we hear sermons... If our minds are on what we're eating for chicken or our beef or steak or what we're doing, as the seed is going out, the word, if we don't take it serious and we don't meditate on it and we don't read it, listen, I'm telling you, I know godly people that love the Lord. They don't have any titles. They take the sermon at their church from Monday and they go back over it and they say, God, this was your word to your people. I'm part of this church. Go, I'm going over it again. I want to get it again. I'm going to listen to it again. What you think we put these sermons online just so we can say we got online sermons? No, so you can hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But I'll tell you what most of us do with it. We say, man, that felt good. Man, that was exciting. Man, that was good. The devil stole everything from it. And we go just back living like we were when we walked in. And if you're Pentecostal like I've been my whole life, you think a good service is when you come up here and you dance around for a while. That's not a good service. A good service is when you hide this in your heart and you walk out there full of victory and you're sanctified from the world and the word is in your mouth and you're bringing hope and blessing to the people around you. When you read it, you hear, man, I'm, James said you look in this, the perfect law of liberty. And you see, oh man, I'm supposed to love my enemies. That's not time to close the book. That's when you got to dig. Holy Spirit, hide the seed. Because if I'll stay in this and read about love and read about love and read about love, I will become what I'm reading. I'll become sanctified. It has to be a priority in every believer's life. I almost did a poll. 
Almost let everybody come in and say, don't put your name on it. Tell me how many times a week you read your Bible. And the second question, because some of you would be like every day. And you'd think you got an A on your report card. And then the second question would be, how long did you meditate on it? I mean, I get an alert every morning from you, you Bible or you vision or whatever it's called. And it's like scripture of the day. Now I could literally say, I just read the Bible. I could every day I read the Bible, but that's not what I'm talking about today. Jesus said, I gave you my word. I want you to live this. I want it to be a priority again. I want you to, it, the Bible actually says, show me marvelous things in your word. Heard about a guy, he was reading, he just started reading and he read, um, the pastor said, well, where'd you, he got saved and the pastor said, you need to read your Bible. He said, where'd you start? And he said, I started in the book of Job because I need one. <laughs> and he said, and it didn't do me very much good. And you have to, listen, don't, don't just start anywhere. <laughs> Today when you hear this, don't go to the book of Job if you need a job. He'll lead you. This is alive. You ready? The word of God is quick, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder the soul and the spirit. And when you read that, what does it really mean? There are things that we have to decide on that our emotion is all involved in. And we really believe there's a way that seems right into a man. We really believe because we're emotionally attached in it, it's the right way. That's why you go to the Word, and the Word cuts you, and it cuts your emotions, and it shows you clearly what the real way is, because what did we say? It's truth. See, it says when they talk about you, you turn the other cheek. Because, see, you read it about them hitting you. Well, nowadays we have laws where you can't just walk up and hit people. But they'll hit you with their keyboard warrior. They'll hit you with that, that quick. That, man, people are bold today behind that keyboard. And the Bible, your emotionals say, attack. And the Bible says, turn. Oh, we're right here. It don't feel good. Y'all didn't like that. I can feel it. But isn't it funny every time you disobey the Bible... You pay the consequences. Mm -hmm. See, you read the Ten Commandments and he says, thou shalt not kill. And thou shalt not this. And people are like, God is about rules. And then you look and say, no, no, no. You don't know God then. God's about you having a good life. If you murder, he understands all the after consequences. Right? Thou shalt not covet another man's anything. Why? Because his word tells us we should be content with what we have because he follows it by saying, has he not said, I will never leave you or forsake you? Uh-oh. Wait a minute. So I don't covet, not because it's wrong to covet. It's because as a believer, I should know when I have Jesus Christ, what else in this world would I ever want or ever need? Come on. I don't need anything else. I've got my mind so... I knew a youth pastor one time, great man of God. He got so focused on car audio systems that he stole one from Walmart and lost his position. And I hear that and you think, what a moron. 
No, no, no. He wasn't a moron. He was a great man. And he's been forgiven and he's been restored. What happened to him was his mouth betrayed him. His heart began to get on focus like we should be on the word on car audios. His job didn't provide a lot of money to buy those car audio parts. So he eventually over months began to focus on it, covet it, go after it. And the next thing you know, he did something completely out of his character. Hope you're not judging him when you heard that. I'd love to know what you did this week. All I'd have to do is ride in the traffic with you. You see, believers, you see it. Didn't he say, keep them in this world from the evil one? So the devil's plotting on you today. You know that girl at the office that's talking to you? You get to keep talking and you're going to steal a car audio system that you never thought you would steal. Come on. Oh, it's weird in here. Something must be going on. No, no, no. Nothing's going on. This is preventative. This word will keep you. I've hid it in my heart so I won't sin against you. See, this word will tell the married men things like this. Let the breast of your wife satisfy you. Drink water from your own well. Come on. And then it says, be ravished by her love. Now, I never thought I'd preach that scripture in public. (laughs) I pray it all the time over my marriage. Guys will get focused and they'll forget how sweet it is at home. They'll get focused on that new car audio system, we'll call it that. And they'll start looking. And then all of a sudden it says many mighty have fallen in her and they were unable to recover. You are not too strong. You're not above it. You're not above any sin. And the day that we don't keep this in our heart, there's, a, there's this cockiness and this pride that rises up in the church. And then they sin and then they're broken because sin kills it kills relationships. It kills testimony. And we, gotta, we are walking around in a generation full of sin in the church. It's because this is no longer a priority. Boy, we can tell you the scriptures against homosexuality. Romans 1. Tell me the one about covetousness. Tell me the one about let no evil thing be before my eyes. If that movie is that important to you, then you do not know Christ. Not real sure about this doctrine. No, no, no. No wicked thing before your eyes can't be broken down in Greek, Hebrew, Spanish, whatever you want to do it. Pig Latin. It all means the same thing. It means no. It means I can't say because I follow this big so-and-so movie and it has a few things that offend God in it, it's okay. Man, but I'm denied that? Then you don't know him. You're bored. Your walk's bored. Because his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. To know him. Listen, when I became the student pastor here, I had one objective. I had two. The first one was to follow the vision of him. And that vision was is to get the church ready for the coming, the coming of Jesus Christ. That's the vision that was set. 
The second one, Dale and them are in the back doing children's church, but Timmy can tell you and Lucas can tell you, it's to show every teenager that living for Jesus is more fun than in the world. I'm not ashamed about fun. God's full of fun. We do cartwheels, we do flips, we do slides. Go look at our videos. I tried to blow it out. Because that's a net to get them in. And then you give them the service. That's the real hook. Because you gave them a person. So if you think I'm preaching some kind of legalistic doctrine, you've missed it. This doctrine is joy unspeakable and full of glory, the glory of God. You know why people don't have joy? Because we're mixed, half in the world, half in the church. We're miserable, we're uncomfortable. And listen, you hear a sermon like this and you tell yourself, well, I'm going to change. You can't change, you're missing it. The word changes you. You've got to get sanctified in it. I don't care if you've read it a million times. Listen, you don't think me studying all these years, I can quote First and Second Timothy backwards and forwards, and I know it like the back of my hand. You don't think sometimes I read, some of y'all have been reading it longer than me. You, I know when you read one verse, you already know what the next verse is. Right? Maybe you don't read. I'm scared now. <laughs> I can start reading and I know what the next verse is. And if I'm not careful... Then I do this thing that's really weird. I'll start comparing myself with other Christians. And I'll give myself a pass. Well, I know I read more than that pastor. And I know I read more than that person. Y'all looking mighty innocent today. And you lose the all of it. In Isaiah, one of the scriptures I pray over this church, he said, magnify your law. And make it honorable. And I pray that over you. I pray it over the members of this church. God, make the law of God magnified. Let it be so much bigger than everything else. Magnify the law. Make it honorable again to us. Make it so important to us that we meditate on it day and night. You read, you read where God gave them the law. You're supposed to be reading it to your children. You're supposed to be teaching your children the law of God. How good God is. How faithful God is. How when you mess up, the devil tells you to run away from God. And God's word, because you understand it, tells you to run to God. People sin. They quit coming to church. It blows my mind. Church is the place for sinners. If you're sick with sin, he came to heal that which was sick. The rest of us come to worship and honor him. But there, this is the place for sinners. Don't hide from him. It's what Adam and Eve did. They let the Listen, I, I, I have this weird, it came over me driving to church today. I want you to start praying with me over this service, but I want you to start bonding the evil distractions because for some reason in this modern era, we've decided that demon possession was something from a long time ago. I started reading these theologians, which are, they're, if they're a theologian, then Mickey Mouse is. They start saying, well, in the time of the Jews, they called everybody demon possessed that had a mental disorder. So really what Jesus was doing was just healing something on the inside. There were no real spirits. The Jews called them spirits. 
I thought, woo. He must not have read where Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He's real. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That doesn't sound like a mental illness to me. Spiritual wickedness in high places. We are doing battle. There are people that are walking in here. I felt it today. Some people are walking in here so bound up, you don't realize your secret is the word which is truth. You shall know this. Not kind of know it. Not know a few verses. Know this and it will set you. Really, the word is make you free. The more you know it, the more free you are. There are Christians with demonic strongholds in their life. That's why we can, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God in the pulling down of strongholds. There's rejectment. And listen, this generation is hurt. And they're so hurt, they're tired of you telling them they're, they're not worth anything. Every time I see somebody talk about millennials, I'm like, didn't you grow up in the 70s and the 60s? Did you forget Y'all were way worse than the millennials. I can see in the Pentecostal churches when carnality started coming in was in the 60s and the 70s. Compromise started coming in. So don't you disregard a generation. That's what the devil wants you to do. Well, that's those millennials. Yeah. So were you back in your day. Y'all didn't even call y'all anything. The roaring whatever. Y'all were buck wild too. Y'all needed Jesus just like every millennial does. Yes, They've got technology now. They can spread the gospel places that you couldn't. They're, I'm serious. I see these people set up vlogs and they start talking about Jesus. And you go through where people are watching it from. They're watching it from all over the world. This is not a preacher. This is just a Christian bragging on Jesus. This is a great day to serve the Lord. This is for such a time as this. This is our time. Amen. We got to get this. Strongholds are in believers' lives. And they're bound by it. And they've prayed for it for years to get free from the same sin. And they can't figure out why they can't get free. And they don't realize there is no easy card. It'll come from this. He said, wash me, Peter, wash me in the water of the word. Just let it wash all that darkness off of me. Jesus said, no man puts a candle under the bed. And we always talk about preaching the gospel, and that's, we should. But he followed it by saying this. If a man's eye looks holy into light, his whole body is full of light. But if a man's eye is full of darkness, his whole body is full of darkness. And you just skip right over that. Listen to me. If your eye will be full of light, your whole body will be full of light. I, I was reading the other day, and this might, y'all might think I'm weird, and that's okay because you probably already do. He says that that word is health into my navel, into my bones. I was reading where Jesus would run across sick people, and he would bind the devil in them. And all of a sudden they could talk. Now, see, you, we don't want to go there on a Sunday morning service. That's why you should go to Sunday school. When you get the word in you, you can drive the enemy even out of believers' lives from setting up strongholds.
That's why you can't sin. Because when you sin, you give him a crack to come in and he begins to open that door more and more. Everybody in here has been in the flesh before and you know what it's like. And the next thing you know, you gave him literally an inch and he's got a mile. That's why I was in the conversation with somebody two days ago and they were talking about something they didn't like. And I stopped them and I said, listen to me, my heart is healed. I can't talk about anything negative right now. I don't mean it against you. I understand your concern, but I've learned the more I talk about things that are carnal and I don't like and I didn't like this, the more I open my mouth and talk, the next thing I know, my heart gets this covering on it. And when I see the people, there's this little bit of resentment and I can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. I got to be healed. Some of you, your heart is not healed and you don't even know it's not healed. When you start reading this, you start to realize, wait a minute. Oh, I'm not supposed to just grop about every single thing that I don't like? No, it's actually called murmuring, and he killed a whole generation for it. It's actually called murmuring, and he killed a whole generation for it. It might not kill you physically because we're under grace, it will kill your walk and your love and your sweetness. Listen, Christians are supposed to be sweet. I was talking to Bethany about how she wasn't around when I first got called into the ministry. <laughs> I told her, I said, I went and told Nana that I got called to preach that night at church and I was so excited. And Nana went to her bedroom crying. <laughs> I was discouraged. I was like, oh man. And then I got in this thing about a year and I started to realize she should have cried longer. <laughs> she should have wept longer. I've seen it. I've seen it. Even at all the other churches. I've seen people need help and misappropriate their money. And I've seen the board, not even this board, but boards bail them out, pay all their bills. And I watched the guy the next month pull up with a brand new Harley. And he said to those board members standing there, God gave me that Harley. <laughs> My innocence began to turn. <laughs> I saw things like that. I was like, you got, no, that didn't just happen. Yeah, you couldn't pay your bills last month. And the church bailed you out. And now you got money for a Harley? I told Brad, when he got voted on the board, I was like, bro, I'm sorry. You're going to hear things that you're going to have to spend extra time praying over that if you weren't on the board, you wouldn't even have to worry with them. I wish I didn't know anything. <laughs> I really do. But I've learned how to beat it is when you see it, you don't talk about it. I haven't beat it yet. But I'm getting to learn that prick of the Holy Spirit when he's like, this is going to damage your heart. And it's not really that deep. He talks about a birthday cake. They forgot a lady's birthday cake. She backslid out of the church because of the birthday cake. Number one, I thought when I heard that story, that's why you don't pick and give birthday cakes. You're going to always forget somebody. But... She let a birthday cake beat her. Listen, there, I've seen stupider things than that beat us. 
That's why when I started doing this, these renovations and we're nowhere near done and you guys have been giving great, we're going to make this place even more beautiful. Should go walk through the kids. We're getting done. We're about to do some landscape this week around here. It's going to look beautiful. The board voted for it a while back. We're going to do it. We're going to start. These guys have done a fantastic job. I get worried, though, because all it takes is one person not liking a wall color choice, and they could lose the victory. I've seen it happen. You're like, oh, my goodness, I'm doing a renovation. Well, why didn't they ask me? I don't know. They probably were doing too many things. They didn't think about it. It wasn't malicious. And then the devil comes and throws that fiery dart. And he's like, let it start to burn. Let it start to burn. They didn't invite me. They didn't do this to me. Oh, me, me, me. Here who's at the center when the devil works? My opinion. Me, me. And it burns. And the next thing you know, there's no joy. There's no love. You're definitely not reading the word because the word will correct you. Oh, it's for instruction and righteousness. It's for correction. Extinguish the darts through the word. It's the shield of faith that believes in his word. Have I heard anything about this renovation? No. So if you think I'm talking to you and you've been gossiping behind my back, I didn't know about it, okay? Wasn't talking to you. I'm just talking about I've seen it happen. You mean they painted the walls this? I think Paul would write and say, you need to go from the bottle to the meat. Why are you not upset that people are going to hell, but you're upset about a sheetrock painted wall? I have to talk to myself sometimes. The devil will work up the dumbest things in your mind. Y'all quiet. Thank you, Diane, for being alive today. (laughs) I gave you my word. It jumped off the page. I've read John 17. I love John 17. Jesus' prayer about making us one. You can't ever get one until we all get the same playbook. I heard Nick Saban talking yesterday about all these new coaches he's got. They're trying to get on the same playbook. And Paul talked about how people run the race in the secular world, but it's applied to the church. you got to train for it. I really believe there are people that think they walk down an aisle and they got saved and they felt something in their heart and they're done. And I believe they think they're going to walk right into heaven. I believe that. I'm, I'd put a lot of... A lot, a lot, a lot of thought on that a lot of times. I'm scared when I look at people that they really do believe they've confessed Jesus as Lord and they believe in their heart God raised him from the dead. Were they saved? Absolutely. That's why he says on the Sermon on the Mount, and I'll close with this. He said, many will say to me, many, many, Lord, did we not do this in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do this? And then he says to them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, because I never knew you. So then you say, well, if he never knew them, they were never saved. That's a bad translation to English. 
The word know there is the same know as Adam knew Eve, his wife, and they gave birth to Cain. It's totally different. It's an intimate knowledge. That means when you get saved, if you think you can just not talk to the Lord during the week until you get in trouble and not read his Bible until you get in trouble or maybe you like a scripture. Everybody loves Isaiah 43. Yeah, I'm walking through the water and the fire and he's going to deliver me. Well, that's a great scripture if you're walking with him, but it's not a good one if you've created the water and the fire. And he says, I'd, I'd never, we never got close. You, you never set apart time to do this. Church attendance wasn't really a priority to you. Oh, baby, that Epsom salt works on those ankles. Just soak them on up. You know, I don't know what has happened. It's 15 minutes to 12, and I'm about to close. When I got saved, I love, Caleb Gordon just burns people on Facebook. It makes me so happy. He said, and every pastor secretly going, hey, man. When I got saved, he saved me from hell. And he saved me from bondage. I was free. For the first time, I could breathe. I felt alive. And I wanted to be near him. I wanted to be close to him. We've almost got a culture set up where if somebody has to miss church for some mamby pamby reason, oh yeah, that's fine. I knew y'all wouldn't like it. It's okay. I got to stand before him and give account for every word I've said. When you want to know him, I think about how silly it would be when I first met Bethany. I'd be like, you know what? I'll see you probably for about an hour every day. We'll talk, and then I'm just going to go stay in a hotel. No, when I married her, I wanted to be around her. I wanted to talk to her. I wanted to know about her. I was looking at pictures of her in a cheerleading outfit when she was young. Cheerleading is so funny. Last night, we were checking out old pictures. So cool. Ryan was in a football outfit. I wish he was here so I could say that. Had his little football get up on. I want to know him. I want to know her, not him. I want to know her. <laughs> I called it. Some of y'all just listening to, to throw me down. I called it. There was an intimacy that was desired. I see some people, they come down here and they leave and the intimacy is over. There is no intimacy. I need you to look in your own heart today. Is the word a priority to you? Is, is he the priority? Because the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You got to want to be near him. You got to want to know his word. People, when I got saved, and I've seen a lot of people in this church get saved, people that are not saved should think you're weird because you're a peculiar person now. Your home is heaven. Your eyes are up. The things that you used to do, actually, don't, you don't do anymore. 
Because you only did them to get off the feeling of this life is miserable. I don't have hope in this life alone. Amen? Fall back in love with him. Fall back in love with his word. Start to pray. People tell me all the time, I don't know how to pray. I hear it all the time. And I tell them it's super easy. I used to tell them to have a conversation like you would with your wife or with your girlfriend or whatever. I don't tell them that anymore. I tell them, pray, your, pray the word. Go to Psalms 119. How will a man keep his way pure? By heeding to the law of the Lord. God gave us the longest psalm and all it's about is the word of God. To emphasize to us, the word is the only way we're going to make it. I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. Open up the Bible and begin to pray the word. Love your enemies. You read that? God, help me to love my enemies with your love. It says, don't murmur or complain. God, help me. See, your prayer life is already forming. Help me, Lord, to do this. Help me, Lord, to see the younger as sisters in all purity. Pray it. You're not getting along with a coworker. Pray the word of God in your house, in your office. Let the peace of God come. It's right there in the scriptures. Oh, here's a great one. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my strength and my redeemer. You have not because you ask not. My mouth always gets me in trouble. Start praying against your mouth. David even took it a next step. Set a guard over my lips. Put your Holy Spirit and angels over my mouth. When I'm about to say something dumb, block it. Whatever it takes, God, block it. Keep it closed and keep me focused on what matters. Last thing. John 17, he said he'll show you the Holy Spirit thinks to come. The word of God is the only way we'll keep through the help of the Holy Spirit our eyes up on heaven. It's real, y'all. I, I can't get enough people to get with me on. It's real. It, it's Listen, I thought about it. We just got a new house. I'm so thankful for it. We're in it, kind of, boxes everywhere. It could burn it's going to burn one day, and that is not my treasure. I'm thankful for what God's given us, but my, my treasure is not what I can gain here. If I, read the, if I don't read the word, Brother Hank, my mind begins to come back focused on this world. How do you renew yourself? Romans 12, everybody can quote it. Be, renew, be not conformed to this world, what? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How? Jesus said, I've given you my word. And you shall know the truth and it'll free your mind. It'll remind you through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is coming back. I'm telling y'all, I'm excited. I cannot wait till the day that that trumpet sounds. I hope I'm at work and I hope I got a jacket on. Because I'm going to spin it like a helicopter. I'm going to shout. I'm going to scream. Because there's going to be some things happening that's going to take a minute. And then people are even going to come to you and say, give me your oil. Give me your oil. You're going to say, I only had enough to make it myself. I have no oil. It's too late. The door has been closed. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. I cannot wait. 
walk outside and just be like, it's over. I ran the race. I crawled in this thing. I grasped. I didn't barely, I didn't make it like a champ. I made it like a chump, but I made it. I made it. I'm here. Sit me in the kids' table at Thanksgiving. I'll be in the back. I don't even need the main table. And I'm going to take that crown and I'm going to throw it at his feet. I can't wait. I believe this Bible. It says he's going to gird himself and he's going to serve us. I can't wait to touch him. I think about it all the time. I can't wait. I can't imagine the king of kings touching my feet and serving me. That's what he did to them before he served them. He washed their feet. If you're not washed, Peter, you can have no part with me. We're going to have ultimate communion because the lamb's going to be there. He's going to serve us. I can't wait to touch him. And then for all eternity, like this song says, I'm going to praise him. And forevermore, I will reign with him. I have no idea what heaven is going to be like. I'm serious. I, I, people ask me, I try to read the scriptures. I think God left it vague for a, a reason because it would blow. Like if you ever read where Daniel got revelation, he had to like basically go to a quiet place for the rest of his life and chill because his mind was overwhelmed. He had a great life. Forever will be with him. The lamb is the light of the world. You think you know what that feels like? The sun has, has nothing on the real sun. I don't know. I think he made this vast universe for a reason. I think God's got a plan way bigger than just earth. Can I back that up in scriptures? No. It's just speculation. The king to me, though, is forever we will be with the Lord. That's all I care about. Amen. Ain't going to be no harps. Not going to be floating on clouds. It's going to be real. It's going to be like church service times five billion forever. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait. I don't, I, I, you know, somebody was talking to me the other day about, when think about it. One day you're going to get to see Riley's going to have kids. And I thought, Lord, I hope I don't ever see my grandkids. I just want to see you. I don't want to think about Riley being raised in this crazy world. But the scripture says, keep them in it. Don't pull them from it. He'll keep our kids. If we'll teach them this, he'll keep them until he comes back. Amen. Everybody stand.